Welcome to Impact by Choice podcast with your host, Andrada Aninti. I'm not pretty good to marketing or sales or anything that has to do with, you know, selling my services or putting myself out there. And I believe that the episode that I, I was really vulnerable in spoke a lot about that. But today I have with me one great specialist in communications and marketing with over 25 years of experience. And she is also the owner and initiator, founder of the Never Too Late Project. Please give it up for Catherine Dar. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hi, Andrada. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy we've been talking about this for a few months now that we're going to do this together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's true. That's true. Uh, let us just jump in straight into, into this and tell me, as we were speaking before, um, before we started the interview and I was asking you how you were, you said that you were doing exceptionally. Please, if you'd like, share it with the listeners. What happened so amazingly in your life lately? So I talk about why I'm happy and then who I am, or I jump into why I'm happy and even no one knows me, I just tell them. <laughs> okay. Or I just, just uh, whatever you want. You know maybe... what? You're right. Just go ahead and tell <laughs> the listeners who you are. You're so right. I mean, I'm so excited to be talking with you. That me too, me too. That that you need an introduction so I can yeah. I can share my 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 happiness and why I'm so happy and and to have people benefit from it but I just want to introduce myself um, because I think it's important where I come from my name is Kat um, that's my nickname <laughs> I'm Catherine Dara and I am I don't like this uh, label but this is what I have been for over 25 years I've been a professional in communication public relation and marketing uh, for zillions of years which makes me a dinosaur of marketing and communication <laughs> and I had an agency for about seven or eight years actually uh, in digital marketing and um, I have recently, uh, after two years of working online, doing my Facebook Live about um, marketing and, and communication, <laughs> um, I have uh, become a uh, never-too-late advocate, um, and I'm launching my uh, new project that's called the Never Too Late Project, but we will talk about it, I'm sure, in a minute. Um, of course we're gonna talk about it because it sounds so intriguing i mean even the name is absolutely you know calling me to learn more about what it means <laughs> so but there's something you asked me how i was and i told you i'm amazing and this is something that i would love to explain and share because um as some of you know or might not know i had um done a video um, in the beginning of November, um, that reached quite a lot of views uh, about um, uh, depression and mental health. And um, I'm sure it actually uh, um, rang a lot of bell on people's because I had a lot of comments about it, where I was saying that I had been a 
um, suffering from uh, chronic depression for over 25, 28 years and how I had to um, hide it all the time in order to function in the society, in the work, as a mother, as a single mom that I am, etc., etc. Um, and um, basically, um, what happened is I went to a, um, I don't know if some of you know Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, he's, a, uh, he, he's a writer and author, and um, uh, he writes about neuroscience. And I went for a week to one of his advanced retreats where we learned a lot about neuroscience and we did a lot of meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, some days we did like up to four to six hours of meditation. And basically, wow. I, know, I know it sounds really weird what I'm going to say because it's so cliche. You were talking about cliches in your last podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> it changed my life. And I've never said that before. Um, I have found something that is better than my medicine I was taking because every day I, I do a lot of meditation and it literally changed the way I feel, like the way my brain function. I even feel like the, the chemicals in my brains are different. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting because this video I did in beginning of November, I'm just curious if, if today I, would, I probably would have not done the same video. And today I feel like I want to tell people I've suffered for, you know, over almost 30 years. And I, I really think that this is a, an amazing uh, possibility that we have to suffer less uh, by meditating and doing all sorts of exercises. Um, so there's hope for me anyway, because I've been feeling amazing for three months, like I was born again. <laughs> and, um, and I know it's going to last longer. So, hey, if anyone, you know, suffers from this, let, try this, try meditation or go and check Dr. Dis Dis Joe Dispenza's work or anyone who does neuroscience. Wow, that, that sounds amazing. Um, I want to ask you two questions. First yeah. of all is, before attending this retreat, did you try meditation? Did you believe yeah. in it? Yeah. So actually, I had been meditating for, for over like 20 years before. I was one of the first one in like the beginning of the 90s to, to start with transcendental meditation. And everyone around me thought I was in some kind of cult. You know, we didn't talk about meditation at the time. And I have been meditating for many, many years, but I, I don't know if I meditate, I don't know if I meditated wrong or something else happened in this workshop that I understood something more about how the brain function. Um, and I also read a really great book before I left uh, that had to do with the complex post-traumatic syndrome. And that also really helped me. Um, and, and the complex, the, the post-traumatic syndrome, we, we know what it is. And complex is for children and it links to your book, which I haven't read yet, but I understand that it's about a child who has been abused or, or mistreated by his parents, like a lot of people are. Um, and yeah. complex post-traumatic syndrome is, is this kind of syndrome. It's people who have been abused on and on in, on it, like uh, in a long term, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so this plus that plus this changed something in my brain that never happened before, even though I was already meditating. 
Mm-hmm. And I have increased also my time of meditation, obviously. Oh, okay. I understand. First of all, thank you for listening to the other podcasts before this, because I hear that you mentioned things that we discuss, Rahila and I discuss about my book. So I'm really, really grateful about that. Um, and then I want to ask you, um, would you share one thing that you learned new from, from this retreat? in regards to meditation? Because you said that um, there were many things that happened during that retreat, right? But there must be one of them that impacted you the most. Okay, so first of all, I want to say to people that there's a, he wrote a lot of books and you don't have to attend a, a retreat to, you know, you can start with the books. And again, there's not only Joy Dispenza, there's a lot of people who are doing this. So I'm not like only preaching about him. Um, so what happened that was different was, um, first of all, learning that I was capable of meditating longer. Mm-hmm. That probably was something that did it because the longer you meditate, the longer I get you reach this space where you are healthy mm-hmm. um, and where you heal. And the other thing that I remember doing and that probably that just has to do with me, not with Joe Dispenza, is like I kept saying to myself uh, the whole time of the retreat and even before, like I have this new mantra, which is I am enough. I am enough. And again, if you haven't listened to uh, Andrada's uh, podcast about um, self-value, you know, she did a beautiful podcast uh, yesterday, which is, I don't know the date, Monday, the 28th or 27th of January, but just listen to this because it's so true. And so basically my mantra is like, I am enough. I am enough. And you know how like you keep repeating this and your brain is going like, yeah, nah, 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 nah. you know, like you were saying in your <laughs> podcast, hey, you're not enough because you, you didn't get the money. You didn't get the job. You didn't get. So, and you keep repeating this. And all of a sudden my brain is like starting to change because it's like, even though I don't have the job, I am enough. Even though I don't have, because as you said in your podcast, we are born enough. And it's something we lost in this crazy society. So this is also something that was a breakthrough for me. And that happened during the, um, during the workshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's something that we need to learn. And, um, you know, um, the earlier, the better, so to say. Um, the point is that I'm, I'm lucky enough to be working with a lot of wonderful people, you know, coaches that help me along the way. And all of them keep on repeating the fact that we are enough, that we need to value ourselves, that we need to love ourselves first before we can share that love and cascade it to other people, actually. But yeah, you're right that we actually keep on telling ourselves these stories that are definitely not true. And we just you know, put ourselves down. So thank you again for listening to yesterday's podcast. It was very heartfelt and it's, I think it's a very actual topic and a lot of people, you know, um, hopefully will benefit from my confessions over there. Um, But speaking about confessions, take us to your greatest confession. What is Never Too Late Project? Okay, so the Never Too Late project came to me three, four, five years ago when I started seeing a lot of people starting things later than usual. 
okay? Like, for sure, you had, like, for example, this swimmer who crossed uh, Miami to Cuba swimming, and she actually did it when she was 62, okay? And then you had this, like, old model, this Chinese guy who's like almost 80, who became a famous model. And then you had, I mean, all sorts of really inspiring stories. Um, and there were a bit older people, but then I kind of discovered younger people, you know, like this woman who was like 30 with two children. And then all of a sudden she decided she wants to be a doctor and she goes back to study. And, you know, and I kept watching all these stories and I kept going like, wow, you know, like we live in a society where, you know, they tell you that it's, no, you can't do this because it's too late, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I got really inspired by these stories. Okay. So that was like the dreamer in me. I was like, I'm going to show the world and show people how these amazing people inspire us that it's never too late. However, whatever you want to do, however age, it's not too late. So that was the beginning. Right. And I started doing I have two or three videos already on like showing these amazing people. But then I was like, okay, you know, I've got to earn a living. I'm a single mom. I raise my kids alone. Um, and um, how am I going to make money out of this? And trust me, I'm a dreamer. So I didn't want to get into business models. So then I... Yes, um, another dreamer. I, <laughs> Sorry for interrupting you, but I needed to say that. Yes. Thanks God. <laughs> so we're dreamers, but we also live in the, this world where, and we are uh, both, single moms I think you're two yeah. and um and we need to feed our kids so then I find out a way to um apply this movement this this inspiration to companies and I have developed a concept a service um that is going to help organization and companies to select certain people to make their employees dream come true mm. okay so it has to be um, within the company, obviously. But basically, if you um, help your employee be happier, we all know this. I mean, you know, like it's going to reduce um, absenteeism. I don't know how you say this. You know, reduce being yeah. sick, reduce burnout, reduce, you know, it's going to remotivate them, mm -hmm. uh, increase their loyalty. Um, they're going to benefit by, you know, this kind of like, uh, uh, image uh, in the world that they're a company taking care of their employees. So my idea is to um, invite certain people, this is depend on the company, to attend a, a big workshop where in one, two or three days, we're going to reconnect them to their dream. And then they can apply uh, for um, an, uh, and apply to the company to make their project happen. It can be, I want to climb the Himalaya in 2020. I want to uh, train for the marathon. I want to do theater courses. I want to, I don't know, I want to take one day free because I want to learn violin. Whatever it is, okay, you can apply for, for a, um, uh, you, can, you can put your application and then to the discretion of each company, they're going to select few uh, people and they're going to, partly finance them not completely because it's very important that the people are also taking part and then we are going to uh, uh les accompagner to um to uh, coach them with various coaches over a year okay this mm -hmm. is for the uh, people that are selected now for the company what we offer is a 
um, every two months or three months to be, to be discussed with the company, we will come into the company and measure the ROI of this investment, you mm -hmm. know, to see if, uh, you know, um, has it increased the ROI of the, 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 the revenue of the company? Is it uh, reduced turnover of the people, et cetera, et cetera. So the company can really measure uh, this investment. Okay, so I see a lot of amazing concepts and angles in this, um, in this project of yours. First of all, people will feel um, appreciated, right? They will see that their dreams matter. And I think that's the most important thing that needs to be stressed out from, um, from your idea, um, especially as leaders only focus on numbers, unfortunately, and we we need to focus more on the human side and that's exactly what you're trying to do right yeah wow. that's that's uh, that's extraordinary now um another thing that i want to inquire a bit more is how what would be the criteria of selecting those people that will win so to say their chances to to have their dreams partially uh, financed okay so first of all it will depend of the company uh, policies, goal, objective, uh, budget, whatever. But you know, it can be because one project will fit uh, in the company better than another one, or maybe the guy wants to go to the moon, so that's too expensive, or another guy wants to, uh, you know, uh, travel for six months, and that's not possible because his mm -hmm. position doesn't allow him at this point, you know, doesn't mean that maybe next year he can't do it. So, or, or some people are simply not selected because you, I don't know, maybe they cannot select all the people. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously they, you know, the companies have to choose um, the person as in what is this person important for the company? You know, did they bring value to the company? Mm -hmm. Having them doing this, is it going to bring value to our company also? You know, it, it's all a win-win thing. So it will depend. Okay, so you're thinking as in also a rewarding system for the employee, right? It's both. It's, it's very good you mentioned this because basically it can be a rewarding and it mm -hmm. can also be a re-motivating to someone who is a key component uh, and a key player in the company but is a bit and we don't want him to leave. So we're going to you know, try to re-motivate him by saying, hey... You know, you want to play guitar, have, have, you know, a day a week, mm -hmm. fine, we'll, we'll finance this <laughs> because we know the rest of the time you're going to work amazing and you're going to be happy and you're going to stay with us because it's going to increase the loyalty. Right. So, and, and this kind of incentives are definitely needed. As I said, you know, motivating employees and just keeping them longer with the company will also improve, as you said, the image of the company, right? The reputation of the company as a company that actually cares. Uh, speaking about, about the image, what would you suggest to leaders in regards to this project? What would you suggest them to be flexible about in the first place? I mean, from what I have, um, from what I have uh, gathered, because I've been doing some kind of market research and talked to a lot of people, uh, whether they're employee or ex-employee or human resource people, is the main thing that people, it's really interesting because one of the main thing that people want uh, more than money and making them dream country is recognition and being listened to. 
Yes. It's just so basic. Hello. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then when I go a bit further, because in the beginning when you say, okay, you know, I did this video on LinkedIn saying if you could ask your company to finance one of your dream, what would it be? But people don't understand how far it can go. So they say, I just want to be recognized and listen and this and that. I think you say that I, if I yeah. remember. Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, and then I go like, no, more. So then they go like, okay, I want to work remotely. I want to work, have more flexible hours. And I'm like, okay, but more. So at this point, that's what people want. Work remotely, have more flexible hours, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this is super basic and super easy to do. You know, we're not even at the point where they need to finance their dream, you know? <laughs> Right. And, and probably all these reactions that you received are based on this narrow-minded, um, you know, kind of doctrine, so to say, you know, of the trend that is really narrow-minded that work is just work, period. You know, and when we're going to work, we're most of the times and a lot of people feel like robots or just you know incarcerated maybe so uh probably that's why they don't dare to go even even further like like you asked me yesterday in the comments okay but what if they let you uh write during schedule and i was like wow yeah you know mm -hmm. That kind of aha moment. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I would have never left a company if they allowed me to get the position I wanted and also write, you know, so that flexibility. So in the end, it all boils down to flexibility and understanding towards human nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Human before, before money. It sounds, again, cliche and dreamy, but it's not because you're not going to make money if you're human employees you know uh who are yet not robots who will be soon some of them uh are not happy <laughs> so that's true yeah. that's true now since you touched base with another concept that i'm it's it's kind of intriguing to me not necessarily intriguing but is interesting because it has a lot of pros and cons um you spoke about employees becoming robots or robots taking the place of employees. So how do you feel about artificial intelligence? I mean, I do have my setbacks and I always state that, for instance, I don't know, compassion or real feelings will never be able to replace a, a real human. But what's your two cents on that? I have nothing to add. You just said it. I mean, it's, it's for sure, you know, it's great in a way. We're going to have a lot of, you know, uh, human, uh, human intelligence, <laughs> of, um, artificial intelligence and this and that. And for sure, a lot of uh, jobs are going to uh, be in between bracket loss because I believe just we'll have new jobs, you know, for humans. And as you say, uh, robbers don't have, you know, emotional intelligence and don't have, you know, feelings and don't have so, so, um, and, and again, let, let me be honest with you. I'm not super, uh, uh, aware and, and knowledgeable about exactly how, you know, it's going to be like, but you know, yeah, there's a lot of people that are afraid of losing their jobs, but unfortunately, they're not aware about what you just said, that actually artificial intelligence will just give them another chance to redirect, to readjust, to 
you know, focus probably on the analytical part, so to say, for instance, not analytical part, but the interpretation part, which again, cannot be done um, by robot specifically, you know, with, with, as if how human mind reacts, you know, to a certain information. I mean, a robot may, may analyze an information in one way, in the way they're programmed to. But, you know, human, human mind also has that innovative uh, quotient. Creative, creative. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. The creative aspect that I, I kind of doubted that the robots can, um, you know, possess it too, too soon, at least. I mean, I would be afraid to just interact with the robot. <laughs> yeah, honest. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm more afraid about the uh, cl- climate change than I am about the invasion of robots. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right on that too. What would you do differently if you were in the position of changing something about the the climate adjustment? Wow. Um, I mean, I would force government to change their laws for big companies that's where i would start um because then we would we would you know to give up some money to make some business and money compromise to to force the 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 biggest polluting companies to change certain things you know i think that's where we should start but i have heard even though i don't know that much about all of this i'm like everyone i i hear it you know on the news and papers and and whatever but uh if you know if the citizen ask for it like we're the people who elects government and 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 people who you know who are the leaders of of countries so we can as citizen a lot of us together ask for the government to change that to change their, their their ways that's true and it's funny you said that because just um just a few days ago i saw a short video about how uh, i think it's norway um that just denied completely to buy toothpaste that is in a box so they're only buying toothpaste without boxes you know just with the original um yeah package with the original original package yeah and then they they just you know automatically everything changes because they they reduce the waste of paper and in that way they kind of not kind of they truly save you know uh, the environment and save oxygen. Right? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that's just a, a small gesture that can make a difference. Yeah. But we need to wake up more. I mean, how how can we wake up to something like that? I mean, people start talking about it, but you know, for instance, there's people that believe that they're too small to make a change. If you if if someone came to you and said, okay, how should I change my mindset about that? What would you advise them? How would you make them make <laughs> change this kind of perception that they're too small to make? I am not a specialist, but at all in this um, subject, which I am, I, I'm really, it's very important for me, but you know, I can advise, but what I hear is like, you know, there's so many things we can do to change, you know, like, um, 
um, like uh, uh, learn, uh, buying fruits and vegetables without the uh, plastic around them, mm -hmm. uh, refusing to buy the one with the, the, you know, refusing like they did, you know, to buy stuff with too much package, you know, not using plastic anymore, um, um, you know, trying to buy uh, products that are uh, from our neighborhood and not, you know, living in Europe, buying stuff that comes from, you know, Guatemala and comes by plane, mm -hmm. uh, taking less the airplane. Um, you know, there's so many things that we can all do. Um, but again, you know, like what they did in Norway, as you said, is pretty amazing because they decided to do it all together. At, at, yeah. at the same time so that was that had a big impact yeah yeah well i don't want to lie i don't i can't remember if it's norway or, or denmark but i know there is a uh, northern um, yeah. country uh, however there did in indeed had a, a huge impact on that get ready for the free global app that works for you WorkApp is set to revolutionise the way people connect in their personal and professional lives. Finally, there's a one-stop shop to help you post jobs or gain employment. Would you like your very own digital shop without any fees or charges? A global messaging service. And you can also post all types of events and courses, and you can buy, sell or rent any items you wish. WorkApp is a global platform that helps you find what you need, when you need it, without any costs or delays. So, sign up for this exciting new service today. WorkApp works for you. Changing the topics a bit. Let me ask you this, going back a bit to being vulnerable. What made you publish your videos about you suffering of depression last November? Okay, great question, because it didn't happen just like this, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I have been hiding and lying for so many years about my illness, my mental illness, okay? No one knew. I try to function in the world um, as much as I could, you know, and um, I was ashamed. I was right. ashamed. I, I, I said in the video, like I, when I was younger, I, I, I wished I had cancer because when you're a cancer, you're a hero. When you have mental health issue or depression, you're a loser. Well, it's changing, but it used to be, you know, you're weak and this and that. So, I've been hiding. And then a few years ago, I don't know when it came out, like maybe, but I was, I watched the, the very well-known Brene Brown's um, vulner vulnerability video. Um, I loved it. Yeah. And uh, so that started to kind of do something in me because I realized how much, and you talked, you wrote an article about the mask, you know, mm -hmm. and I lived with this mask. Um, and, um, so then I started thinking and it kind of worked on me for many years, you know, like, um, like my mom used to say to me, you can never talk about this because no one will hire you. You will never have clients anymore, etc., etc." So I never did it. I never did it. And then it, it, it took a while to, um, comment tu dis, to mûrir, to, um, to, uh, to be ready. To and readjust then, your mindset maybe. And then. 
I kind of went like I had to do this for me mm-hmm. um, and also to help others, um, you know, to say, hey, you know, like if you think a lot of people you say, oh, wow, you know, you have your business and your kids and every, everything seems so amazing and wonderful and, and, you know, and like I'm lying. And I wanted to do this for me and for other people. And then on World Mental Health Day, I did it. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it changed my life. It was the beginning of everything that started changing for me because um, I got so many comments of people, you know, um, you know, we started conversations and realizing that they were not alone. I'm not alone. This is a real thing. Um, um, and I don't have many words because it's really emotional for me. And it was crazy when I did it. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, who cares? Like you said in in your podcast yesterday, who cares about what you, and when you really do something from your heart and guts and soul, because you care about it so much, people care. People get touched by it. Yeah. And I am so grateful that somehow I got the strength to do this because it changed my life. I got to know people. First of all, people wanted to work with me. Amazing. Like instead of like, oh, I'm not going to work with this, you know, chronic or depressed person. Like all of a sudden, everyone want to work with me. Everyone gets in touch with me. I made amazing connections, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, I also got to meet this um, amazing uh, person uh, who does a lot of work for mental health issue, um, uh, Barbara, who's in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, yeah, so I just did it. It's kind of like, I I said it. Um, And and now I want to do another video and say, hey, you know, like, you can get better. (laughs) <laughs> you can and and it's I'm, I'm very happy for you that you did that um, especially because first of all you just got it out of your system and that's a very important step for all of us and second because you know people seeing that they're not alone people understanding that they're not alone gives them um, a sort of comfort right and but it, it was also mainly like a not lying anymore to show who I really am. Like, I am not what you think I am. I'm this. And it's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you see people coming to work with you after that video is um, a great proof that actually the mindsets are starting to shift and that stigma starts to get removed from, from people's minds. Yeah. And in a, in a, in a kind of miraculous way, but I'm even not surprised it happened. Everything shifted for me because then I got to find this right book and then I got to this retreat and then, you know, and it's, it's almost like what she said in the video. Once you finally admit it to yourself and others that this is, this is it, then you can start your life. You can start attracting what you need, right? Exactly. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, let me ask you about, so you chose to put that video out there. So my Actually, next... wait, 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 wait. Because, you know, now I remember. Hmm. Uh, how it really started was a 
very emotional, beautiful discussion with Chantal Sumis. Oh my okay. God, I love her. <laughs> um, Chantal talked to me a few months before, and she was the first person that I told my real story because she is, um, you know, she's a, a different able person, et cetera, et cetera, and whatever. So I told her my story and she was like, oh my God, oh my God, you have to talk about it. You have to share it. People need to hear it. So actually it's thanks to Chantal that I did. I finally did this video, to be honest with you. And also taking a little bit of inspiration from her, uh, doing her own videos about telling about her this uh, different able uh, situation so yeah it's it's it she gets the credits actually wonderful she's one of my my favorite people to be honest um but however you talk to her she encouraged you but still you had to make a choice i mean you could have just sat back and not make the choice to do anything about it so my next natural question is, which I like to ask all of my guests, how do you feel about the power of choice? How do you see it? And what, why should people use it more? So many times in my life, I felt powerless. Okay. Mm -hmm. I felt that everything was happening to me. Okay. Yeah. I think I was in a situation, to be honest with you, in the last two years where I was at the end of everything, the end of my life, end of hope, end of, I mean, I've never, ever had societal tendencies for some reason. I never wanted to die, but it was just like, I was dead already living my life. So you get to a certain point where you think, let me try this. It's crazy. Let me make a video. I mean, you know, like I, I'm at the end of it. I have no more choice than just to try drastic things. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. On, on the principle of what's the worst that could happen, right? <laughs> I mean, nothing worse could have happened. I was already in, the, in hell. <laughs> exactly. Only good things, you see. So for you, using your power of choice to, to shift your own existence worked yeah right yeah um i'm really happy to to know that you're connected with a person that i love to the core um tell us a bit about the impact that your interaction on linkedin had on you i mean you started interacting wow. with people on linkedin and we all know that communication is key but what was the impact that this had on you Okay, this is amazing because, again, as Rahila said in your podcast, um, you know, she was talking about how this spiritual family, okay, mm -hmm. that sometimes is not our, your blood family, but people we meet. Okay, LinkedIn, I am a communication and marketing specialist. I've been on social media from day one when it all started, okay? I've been on all the other platforms. LinkedIn is different, is special. I don't like... I don't know what it is, but I have been on LinkedIn like unlike any other platform. Somehow, when I got to LinkedIn 2.0, meaning the video started, mm -hmm. I got there without having an, a, a business agenda because mm -hmm. I didn't really know what the hell I was doing anyway. I was in between two lives. So I got to know the people 
And actually, I'm not surprised why I got to know certain people uh, like you, Rahila, Chantel, Lila, uh, Sina, Fak, you know, because, and a lot of other super special people like, you know, Norma and these beautiful people because something special happened. It was super strong. And I, I haven't, let's say I have not met business contact on LinkedIn. I have made friends like even more than friends, some of them, you know, like it is so strong. Like what is it on this platform that is different? I have no idea. I have no idea. And we all say that there's something special, but it's not the platform. We, we created that somehow. Yeah. Um, we, we each other, I, I mean, individually we bring some kind of vibe and that vibe just unites with another vibe and we attract like likewise minds um, vibe so to say right and that's where we create actually a space where we can um be ourselves at least i'm being myself regardless of what i do and whatever um but with these people that you mentioned we definitely can be ourselves and yes for god's sake tie life lasting relationships I'm so happy to learn that. Mm. And and the and obviously when you have friends like this where you can be yourself etc they I've been helped so much with my business decisions helped supported mm. um you know like now I'm ready to do business because I have this like base ground of of a few people that are there that are amazing that uh, you know like that's where you start to do business from from there not the other way around exactly so it starts with people and only then you start with the business right yeah yeah yeah. and you gain some clarity on what what your next steps should be i i understand it's it's interesting and it's amazing to learn from someone else who's living I mean, who's going through exactly the same phases that I'm going. So thank you for sharing this with us. You know, I realize how important human relationship is. And um, someone at some point mentioned that this, I think Rahila is, that actually said that this is the future human capital, you know, of, of the world. I mean, if, if companies are still focusing on numbers, then they're wrong and on pushy styles. Um, And speaking about pushy styles, I just received this book, you know, Um, I won it on a to a LinkedIn challenge. Um, But it's absolutely amazing because actually it speaks about the human factor and the book is written by Jules White. I don't know if you spoke to her before. What's the name of the title of the book? uh, The book is called Live It, Love It, Sell It. And she says precisely that we need to learn how to sell with a soul so that we need to leverage on human interaction. So we need to, first of all, create human interactions. And it's a pity that there's still people out there who just, you know, um, drop the CV or a pitch without actually saying a hello or something. But on the other hand, it's nice to see that we can focus on the people who actually actually help us. So tell us, Catherine, um, at this very moment, 
you spoke to us about the Never Too Late project. You explained a bit. Besides the Never Too Late project, what is in store for you in the near, near future? And what can people come to you for? Um, okay, so I am still having um, uh, consulting clients in marketing and communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone obviously needs, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely uh, knowledgeable about this subject. Um, but what I have, what's new and what's in store and how I would love to help people is, um, you know, and, and share what happened to me and how I got so much better with my mental health. Because that's what 2019 is for me, is launching my project, but not at the um, expenses of my health, uh, physical and mental health. So you asked me what's in store for me. For me, it's having a day where I meditate, I exercise, and I work all in in the same day. You know, I will never compromise anything, even for a beautiful project like that. Uh, I don't know if that was the question. If I answered the question. <laughs> it's okay because I, I wanted to ask you what's your daily routine or if you're having a new strategy on how one day goes for you. So I'm really grateful that you actually answered this. And I know a couple of people that would um, will certainly, you know, benefit from, from your advice. So now going a bit more into depth. How do you start your day and how do you end it, you know, so that you can manage to include meditation, work and whatever else you want to include in your day? Okay, so I, um, nothing really new under the sun. A lot of people talk about this. Uh, I block my uh, meditation hours on my uh, calendar and I also block my um, uh, sports exercise hours. So I have a Calendly and it's blocked. So mm-hmm. when people want to uh, make an appointment, it's just blocked so they can make an appointment at another time. Um, and, uh, the morning, um, I, I, I love my morning. I used to wake up early at five, but for some reason I'm not anymore. It doesn't matter. But, um, I, um, I read a lot. Um, I read a lot. And the, the reason why I can read a lot because people are like, Oh my God, you read a lot. Yeah. Because, uh, from about six o'clock, I close my screens because anyway, it's not good for my sleeping. Um, so I close everything. And in the evening, I, I read. Um, and uh, sometime even a little bit in the morning, I, I read too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as far as like routines, I do have routines, even though like someone told me one day, um, it's not good to have a routine. You need to change all the time because I don't know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I wake up, I, I have coffee in my bed, I read, I, I write a little bit in my, you know, I like everyone in my journal, even if it's like three lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then I work because I'm really good at working in the morning, morning mm-hmm. uh, or for me. And the afternoon is time for my uh, sports uh, and meditation. And then comes the evening, um, I, I have to take care of my two teenagers, obviously. Um, and, I, and, and yeah, reading is, is, my, um, is my passion. So, If you brought up your two teenagers, let me push back a bit and ask you, um, how did you manage 
as a single mom going through uh, times of depression Hmm. and periods where, you know, meditation, as you said, was being looked at like, I don't know, like um, aliens or whatever, or cults, how did you manage to to just go through all this, all this life. I I understand that it wasn't easy, but what was the greatest challenge for you as, as I said, as a single mom, first of all? Um, okay, so my, unfortunately, my two challenges as a single, single mom, the first one is, is the financial mm. <laughs> uh, situation. Uh, which is not fun because also I, I was my own boss and I really couldn't go and work for any company because I didn't fit in there and I, I, you know, I just would be miserable. So I had, you know, as having your own company and your own agency, you have ups and downs. So you have ups and it's amazing and then you have times and whatever. But uh, so that was my challenge, you know, financial. But I have learned and we have learned to live, you know, I mean, my kids don't miss anything, I don't think, and, and you know, whatever. And, um, and then the other big challenge for me was to hide from my children that their mom oh, wow. was suffering from chronic depression. I never wanted them to realize that. So that was a big challenge. And how did you do that? I mean, seriously, I'm curious. How did you do that? I'm not even hiding from my children if I'm crying, even though there's people that say that I should be hiding, you know, but I believe in the fact that they need to see reality in the end so that they can, you know, grow up as open-minded people and compassionate people. So how did you manage to, to hide yourself for so many years? I mean, first of all, in a funny way, I was so detached with my emotions that I would never cry. So they would never see me cry. But when I felt like I couldn't move, I mean, also I have a mother. Mm -hmm. So my mother was there. Okay. She helped me a lot. Um, she, you know, because she was there, she, I could work, thanks God. Um, and sometimes where I was half vegetable, I would pretend I'm sick, you know, like I would just say, children, I'm sick, you know, you have to do, yeah, it's, it's not fun. It's, it's, it's a, poof. like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this to my worst enemy. Like, and, and I, and, and I feel like I'm getting out of this and it's so amazing. Like, I can't even believe this is happening to me, you know, that. <laughs> do your children know now what you went through then? Not yet. Um, one day they will know they're now 15 and 17. And basically, they ask me a lot of questions about depression because around them, teenagers are depressed. Oh, that's, so, oh, that's terrible. So I, they're, they're really healthy mentally because they're, uh, they're like elite swimmers. So they do a lot of sports. So they don't get, you know, the, the brain uh, imbalance. But they ask me questions and I've always say to them, you know, depression is an illness. It's a sickness. I actually told them that when I was a teenager, I was also suffering. But I never say to them, like, you know, I suffered. So not yet. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to see me that way. And maybe when there will be adults you know, I'll get to tell them 
but I also told them, I, I said to them, I say, you know, there's, there's this thing, it's called depression and a lot of people have this. And sometimes it can be, we don't know yet actually scientifically, but it can be um, genetic. And if you ever feel like this, you know, don't feel ashamed. You have to talk to me or to a doctor or whatever, like just so they know, you know, like they don't have to hide it because mm -hmm. I also gave them a lot of example of like, there's so much in sport of like very famous sports people who had depression and talked about it. You know, just so they know there's like I, the most important fight for me about mental health is stigma. You yeah. Know? I don't want the stigma attached to this anymore. Okay. Then can I please ask you, why don't you want your kids to, to see you like this? I mean, is it that kind mm. of frightened that they will change their opinion about you or I tell you why I have the answer because I didn't have it. And now like, you asked me and it came to me because my father was like this and my father uh, was not working. He was depressed at home and he became, and, and, and he was a doctor. So he was working and he was you. And then from one day to the, the other, not, not, it happened slowly, but he became, you know, like um, he couldn't function anymore. Mm. Uh, so he was also sick with other stuff, but you know, it was terrible for me to see this, this, to, to have your guardian, um, uh, in this state is just very uns unsettling. You feel like you have no one to count on, you know, and they really only have me to count on really. I'm, I'm their father, mother. I'm like, I'm their everything. Yeah, I, I perfectly understand what you're saying because I felt the same last year when it happened to, with my dad. Um, I, I just literally felt like, like my universe crashed. So, yeah, I do understand this. However, you know how, how we parents have this tendency to protect our children from, from reality, but at some point it, it will still happen. They will still you know, learn the truth. And I'm thinking that, I don't know, at least that's how I want to go with my children, you know, be there for them, support them. But I'm trying to implement this, this kind of thinking that I cannot save them from suffering no matter what. Unfortunately, that's the truth, of you course. know, and I can tell this from, from personal experience as my mother is overprotective. But still, she didn't manage to save me from my own suffering, heart, heartaches, heartbreaks, whatever. You know, so I understand you uh, to some extent because I have been on both sides. So, yeah. I, I don't have the answer. I know what you mean, but I don't have the answer and I don't want to test it on my children. <laughs> so yeah. I decided to go that way whether it's the good um, choice or not. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I, I don't happens. think that in regards to exposing your children to this kind of situation, there's a good or bad. I think it's just a, a choice to, you know, do what we feel that it's best for us, first of all. Yeah. You know. It's been a pleasure to have you today and to 
you know, to have you talking so openly about your past condition and about your amazing project that is in the horizon, I I so want to learn more and more and more. So whenever you have news, make sure you you tell me and maybe you know we can we can transfer all the information to the listeners. Wow. So I'm I'm really grateful to have you here today, Catherine. Um, such a person like yourself. You're you know how do I say that? You're so warm that whomever will get the chance to talk to you or to work with you, I'm sure that they will only gain from your life's experience. So thanks again for accepting to be my guest today. Thank you. Thank you. It was really an amazing discussion. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I wish you an awesome day ahead. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you for reaching the end of this episode. I wish you an amazing day ahead. And please, don't forget, smile at life and life will smile right back at you.